0: Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine.
1: Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each and every week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. I am pleased today to have my friend Tim Milburn in studio with me. Tim is the Director of Mission Advancement for Northwest Christian Credit Union, and that's how we initially met. I went to see him about advertising in the magazine and found out he's A, really easy to talk to. And as time passed i've learned more and more about him but isn't that really how you become friends tim thanks so much for joining me today
2: sandy it's great to be a part of this show it's so great that you have started this show and you have a wide array of of guests on and so i I just really hope this continues to to help christian living magazine and uh and the people who listen
1: Thanks, thanks. It's, you know, it's primarily to help the ministries right. grow and to and to serve our listeners and our readers, to help them know what's out there to help them. And some of the phone calls that I get are really interesting. I bet. Oh my gosh, I had somebody ask me, um, Vincent Katuku was on our show a couple weeks ago, and I had a caller call and say, tell me something. And I went, I didn't know that about Vincent. And they'd heard him <laughs> on another radio show. Sure, sure. <laughs> so it's great, it's great. The, the whole thing is the greater good.
2: Absolutely, Doing- and, and I love that. Uh, 94.1 the voice you know gives opportunities like this for not only your ministry and the business that you're running but others out there to to express uh, their faith and and just to grow awareness of what's going on here in the Treasure Valley it's awesome
1: isn't that wonderful I years ago I didn't know anything about 941 mm-hmm and I had a girlfriend that every time we would meet, she would talk about listening to sermons, listening to the message yeah. all week long. And I finally, one day, I asked her, I said, where Where do you find this? I'm not finding this. And right. she told me, 94-1. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I became an avid listener. And yeah. I just love it. I love being fed all day long with mm-hmm. all different things. So some of our listeners may be going, I already heard this guy's voice once. I already heard <laughs> yeah. him today. And right. you and Cameron Kreider, who is another friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think Cameron's the one who introduced you and I. Um, have faith in finance that right. airs right here on ninety four one The Voice at nine thirty every Saturday morning. Just
2: every Saturday morning, a
1: couple hours before us.
2: That's awesome. I mean, I I drive around town at nine thirty on a Saturday morning. I see people pulling over and just listening. And so, I mean, it's a, but no, it's great. Uh, we have a show, Faith and Finance, which is sponsored by uh, Northwest Christian Credit Union, and we love it. Again, it's. We get to hear from different people. We get a, a variety of viewpoints. We get to support uh, ministry leaders that are doing some fantastic things. And we get to build relationships with people that we might not normally get to know, but there's something about saying, hey, would you like to be on my radio show? And they're like, yeah. And then we get to hear their stories. And that's awesome.
1: I love it. I love it. That's It's so cool. And thank you. You had me on your show. Absolutely. So first of all, Director of Mission Advancement,
2: Oh, yes. It's, it's, a, it's a, very, a big title. Very I know, prestigious. I know why prestigious.
1: I, I trooped in your door one day, <laughs> but what do you do?
2: So it's a very fancy title that basically means I oversee marketing and a variety of special projects. So things that are going to help move the credit union forward. Um, that may be a new product or service, uh, maybe a new relationship that we're trying to build with, you know, maybe a radio station like this. Um, it's it's continuing to help um move and advance the mission of the credit union, which basically is we desire you know, to help people build better lives and stronger ministries. We are the only, Northwest Christian Credit Union is the only Christian credit union in the Northwest, been around since the mid-60s, was started on the campus of Northwest Nazarene University by a, uh, a few doctors. Um, that wanted to help their patients uh, financially, I guess, pay their bills. <laughs> and so they started this and it has is, it is just grown. We have two locations. We have one in Nampa and we have one in Boise. And so, and then we do a lot of things online.
1: And they've reworked that intersection by the Nampa one. It's so easy to oh, get yeah, they in they and out Oh yeah, put a light in, yeah. they put a light in, yes. Yeah. I love that, I'm, I'm through there a lot. Yeah. You're never in your office when I stop by. I always troop down the hall, ready to say hi. That's because I'm
2: out advancing the mission which uh and also you know my role allows me to go out and build relationships and i've been uh doing more work from home as well so it's you know it's a lot of different things i'm hard to get a hold of i guess i
1: think we have found this last year that more of of course i i work from home i have yeah. worked from home right that, that did not change for me this last year nor any of my crew but i think that as a whole industry has discovered that we can do more work from home than than we thought we could. And we well, yeah. and we and we can be accountable, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit. Oh good. So tell us about Tim. You have four Tim. kids.
2: Yeah. So I was born at a very young age. Uh, <laughs> that's you're also my, a very funny guy. That's my uh, standard line. Uh and then I tell and then my next line to that is I was a big baby. I was born on April twenty seventh and twenty eighth. You know, that's yeah, that's a big baby. Uh two days. But um, I uh, grew up in Southern California, and then coming out of, I went to uh, Point Loma Nazarene University down in San Diego, graduated from there, went straight into youth ministry, was a youth pastor for 13 years, uh, and then transitioned over to work at Northwest Nazarene University, worked there for about 14 years uh, as a director of campus life, which is a fantastic job. You get to go to college, but you don't have to go to class, although they did let me adjunct teach every once in a while, but that was all of the involvements and different ways that, uh, the memories that students make there. And, and so that was, that was a great position, uh, went through, uh, a real difficult period, went through a divorce, uh, in 2012. And that led to a transition, um, spent a few years after that, uh, in Oklahoma, which, uh, is a place where I gained a lot of life lessons, <laughs> but
1: you but you left your Oklahoma accent I there. I
2: left uh, there, yeah. There's there's um, there's there's a lot to learn in my life, and I sometimes God has to use uh, is to really stretch me to to teach me those things, and uh, but ended up moving back to uh, Idaho um, in 2018 and to reestablish myself, so to speak, um, because this is home, this feels like home, this is where our four kids were raised. Um, and my kids are all in their 20s now, my youngest is about to graduate from Baylor, uh, who just won the NCAA tournament, so I'm excited to go see the trophy in May. Um, and and so uh, about a year and a half ago, the opportunity to, to do this role at Northwest Christian Credit Union opened up, and I knew, a lot of people that were working there already because of the time I had spent at NNU. So it, it's been a great fit. That's and cool. Yeah, I'm really, really content with where I'm at and what I'm doing right now.
1: That's that's sweet. I I love what you said before we went on air because I said something about your kids and you said all of my minors are majors. That's right.
2: Yeah, they are.
1: (laughs) That cracked me up. Yeah, yeah, they're. My my minors have been majors for so many years. I forgot about what that's like. You know, I've grandkids that are now majors. (laughs) Right, right. No
2: grandkids yet, but uh, I had a marriage last year of my third child, Mitch. He. I had to watch that on Zoom. 'Cause he got married in the Portland area and we couldn't go over there because everything was shut down. Yeah. So it that was that, was that was unique watching your son get married in June. And then my second child, Tori, she just got engaged, so we got another wedding coming up at some point. So yeah.
1: Exciting They're stuff. They're just taking
2: steps. Yeah. It's Ex- a great life.
1: Exciting stuff. It's you know, it's so funny because um I as in all of our longtime readers know, I have a very prodigal testimony myself. Mm-hmm. I was divorced and mm-hmm. I'm my this is my second marriage. So my husband, Steve, had an adult child when we got married and grandchildren. And when his youngest grandchild was 11, my youngest had his first child. Oh, wow. And now his youngest is 11. And yeah. my oldest son is blessing us with twin girls Wow! later this spring. And so it's like every eleven years we start a new cycle. I don't know what's you know. Maybe all it'll be new, great grandkids. All these but. new
2: people show up in the story. That's so great. <laughs> it's yeah. like being a grandma all over because yeah.
1: things change so much. I'm right. Like it's like the first time. Anyway, yeah. so I've been stalking you, which okay. we, we laughed about yeah, right. before we went on here. Right. Um, talked about that LinkedIn. You know, oh, sure. nine people checked you out this week. Yeah, well, I'm one of them. Well, I, I, have a, I have a
2: big online presence. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you
1: do. Um, so you, you've been a leader and, and you you alluded to a lot of that, mm-hmm. but that led you to, to start your own little side gig right. called lifelong leaders. Right. So what can you tell us about that? So
2: for me, the leadership journey has been something that is kind of, I, I tell people leadership saved my life because starting off, um, in youth ministry and even before that, there were people who would, uh, teach and speak and model good leadership for me and it was because of their influence and putting me on a track to become a student of leadership, not just to be in a position, but to study what good leadership looks like Um, at a younger age in my teens that has really helped me in a lot of different ways. Throughout that process, in all of the positions and jobs I've had, I have always emphasized leadership development. So when I'm a youth pastor, I'm working with students and helping them develop their leadership skills. When I'm working on the campus of NNU, I'm creating resources and curriculum for students to go through and and experiences that will teach them leadership. And then I'm in the corporate world and I'm seeing a whole different flavor of leadership, but I get the opportunity to speak into the lives of managers of multimillion dollar companies. And so I've been able to see leadership from a variety of viewpoints. In fact, I tell people that I've worked within the walls of the church, the halls of academia, and the stalls of the corporate environment, which are commonly known as cubicles. So all of those perspectives, and throughout all of that, the common thread, and this is where Lifelong Leaders comes in, the common thread is that every single person uh, is a leader because we are all called to lead ourselves. We carry that responsibility before, after, during, any time that we're going to lead anybody else, we must lead ourselves first. And and that is a lifelong commitment and a process. And there's so much emphasis, I didn't feel like there was enough emphasis on what are we doing to lead ourselves well? Because that's the thing that seems to trip up so many people that get into a leadership position as they're trying to lead others well. They self-sabotage. They make poor decisions. They think that what they do in private doesn't affect what happens in public. Um, they, they just, they don't invest and continue to grow. There's so many different things that happen. And so for me, I will always be a lifelong leader because, like I, I like to say, I will lead myself first for as long as my life lasts. So that's, and that's the premise of lifelong leaders.
1: I love that. I love that. I, early on in my upper management career, I felt like I had to know all the answers because I was the boss. I was second in command of a company of 50 employees. And I felt like I had to have all the answers. Right. And my darkest days were those days when I would be brought a situation that I didn't have the answer for. And Digging in and leading myself through some some training and some different things, and I'm like, oh, I don't have to have all the answers. Right. I just have to be transparent about it. It was kind of like raising my kids. I always told my yeah. kids, "You didn't come with an owner's manual. I'm still figuring this out."
2: <laughs> exactly. You know, um, exactly.
1: And so, in the same way, I started being that transparent with my staff. I, if they brought me a situation I didn't know, my answer to them was, "I don't know, but I'll find out." Sure. And then that tra- changed my training, mm-hmm. and I used to do t- regional training for yeah. the company that I was working for, and I and and that became a component: is if you don't know, don't fake it. Right. Be honest and say, I don't know, but I'll find out, and then do.
2: Right. <laughs> you know. Well, absolutely, yeah. There's there's so many opportunities for us not only to um to realize the areas that we we aren't proficient in, but whenever we can identify the gaps in our own life and who we are then that creates space for others to step in, and so good leaders are always looking to develop other good leaders, and good leaders won't rise up if you as a leader are trying to do or know everything by yourself. Well,
1: and I think, too, (laughs) that part of our job, whether it's in ministry, or whether it's the secular world, or whatever it is, part of our job is to train up the next leaders. right? Because we can't always be here. right? You know, that's... um, I remember an old boss I said to him we got to start hiring some younger people cuz yeah. we're all going to get old and die. Yeah. And well, they're too young. I'm like, we were that age when we started this. Right. We didn't do too bad. So, you know, right. it's like we have to train up leaders to replace ourselves because yeah. someday we want to retire. But there's that proverbial and this is Sandy coming out, you know, you could get hit by a bus tonight. Sure. And if you haven't trained up leadership behind you, right. the company, the church, the whatever yeah. is Sunk. Yeah, and so I I love that. Um, so you bring a, a variety of different lists uh-huh. of of skills to the table. Yeah, want to talk about some of those?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as I uh, have developed tools and resources uh, within the jobs that I have, um, some of those tools and resources started to make their way outside of those jobs. They became known. Well. I put them on Amazon, you know, or different things.
1: Yeah, because you've written how many books?
2: Five books. Five books. And uh, some of them are uh, some of them are are shorter, pithier. Like my um, one one is called Tweetership because right when Twitter was taken off, we me and a buddy we thought let's just write a leadership tweet every day and then we'll compile them into a book. And so we did, and we called it Tweetership. And so it was. It was clever at the time. I don't know. It never may have
1: to get that never
2: became a bestseller.
1: Uh, I open my Twitter account and yeah. I go, uh, I yeah. can't say anything yeah. in that few characters and I close right. it back up. Right. I think I've I think I've had two tweets. <laughs> yeah. So
2: my goal on Twitter was always to add value. I want I didn't want to just say something that I'm thinking is going to go viral, but maybe it's something that can help somebody else and uh, just a bit of wisdom or a nugget or some type of advice. As as those resources and things became known, I've, I've always been a communicator. So whether through writing or speaking, whether as a youth pastor, speaking at camps or different things, more and more opportunities came for me to stand in front of uh, different audiences and share in a way that was half entertaining because nothing's worth worse than a boring presentation, uh, but also I, I hope inspiring and valuable. And, and so, My work, and this was a side hustle, right? This was just something I did on the side because I loved it. Like in every job I had, I was always leaning toward leadership, reading everything I could on it, looking for models, trying to become the best leader I could be. And the ability to share and train and teach others, I felt like was really significant work. And so that really expanded up until I uh, went through divorce. And at that point, you know things that you thought were true about life things that you thought were true about yourself though that has a that has a way of turning everything on its side and even the time i spent in oklahoma i kind of stepped away from leadership development because i honestly felt like i am not leading myself very well and how can i stand in front of anybody else and encourage them to lead themselves well when i am doing a really poor job at uh, the way things are going. And um, and so there was a break. And any momentum or anything I had with that kind of stepped away. Well, coming back to Idaho, I've, I've kind of begun to rekindle some of those things. And I have another book project in the works that I call the Lifelong Leader Code, uh, which is seven ways uh, to lead yourself first as long as your life lasts. And so, um, but I feel like this is coming out of great struggle to put some things to the test because that's truly where where our character and our our leadership is defined and kind of kind of made and strengthened is when you've walked through those difficult things so now it's it's so much more heartfelt i'm not guessing like maybe i was when i was younger about what what might be true in leadership and leading yourself this comes straight from the trial and the tribulation and the necessity, I believe in the necessity of leading ourselves more than ever.
1: You know, that's it's funny because I often say that I have a doctorate in the School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. life is our best teacher.
2: Oh, absolutely. And
1: God gives us a greater empathy for others who are going through so much. I went through a season in my life when I was the walking wounded mm-hmm. and so, I have a great heart for the walking wounded, yeah. and and so I'm I as sorry as I am about your divorce. Sure, I have lived that journey myself, right. and but it does give you a greater empathy and a different perspective. Yeah, to to as you say, find yourself and and lead from a different perspective, right? Even so, you've got the book in project. You you hinted before we went on air that there's a couple of little things going on. So, are you going to share that with us today? Or?
2: Well, I mean, it's at this point it's it's kind of i'm trying to figure out how to how to uh package certain things like am i am i going to put out a course because courses seem to be the way a lot of information is is put out right now um should i start up my own podcast those types of things you know whatever kind of hooks in the water as a marketing guy i i have access to all the tools i've I've always been a graphic designer. I love graphic design. I love the way things look, the way they're packaged. I love the way uh, you could bring clarity to something by the way that you uh, communicate, communicate it clearly, both verbally and written. And so I, I feel like, um, you know, I'm still trying to, to come together and put a good plan. And I, for me, I'm, I'm learning to be more patient right? and and to really try to craft something versus rush to market with something. So so at this point, it's uh, it is still, it's still a side, a side thing, but I can feel it beginning to flavor. I mean, this this interview here, different conversations I'm having. Uh, I can feel it beginning to kind of reemerge. And so I'm I'm kind of excited to see over the next year. The pandemic slowed me down a little bit with that um, because I became an avid golfer, and so I just spent all my time on that. I didn't spend time writing uh, and creating like I, I usually do, which I'm not saying is a bad thing.
1: It may have given you a new perspective. I think so. And some new puns. Yeah. I mean, oh wait, did I say right, that? Right, right, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of Pippi. <pithy>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, but you're not a bad golfer either.
2: I'm getting better, actually. I have I'm, I'm improved a lot since last year because I hardly golfed at all. But when you uh, quadruple at least the amount of times you golf, you you tend to figure out some things.
1: When I was single, I took golf lessons. Oh, nice. And did I fairly- heard,
2: I heard those are helpful. Did, I think I need one.
1: I did fairly well. Mm-hmm. So my girlfriend and her husband both golfed on leagues.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I guess that's a thing. And so we went out to the little nine par nine out the airport and we golfed one night. <clears throat> now you have to remember folks that this was a different time of my life, mm-hmm. but I realized that I have astigmatism, and I can't see, I can't play baseball cause I can't see the ball coming at my face and usually my face catches it. That but I didn't dangerous. realize yeah. that that also applies to balls going away from you. Oh, wow. And my girlfriend's husband had to keep track of my every time I would hit the ball he would have to keep track of it because right, I couldn't you, see it you
2: didn't know where we went and yeah.
1: when we came off he said something about alcohol and the next time we golfed and that was the, my last golf game right so right. yeah I don't put anybody else through that
2: <laughs> nice well golf has become a very uh calming and introspective uh thing for me always something to work on
1: well And, you know, the pandemic changed a lot of things. At least you didn't stay home and become a couch potato and channel surf. True. You know, you were outside and getting exercise. Mm -hmm. It's great. So, yes. Yeah. So how can people learn more about lifelong learners and how do they reach you?
2: Or lifelong leaders. Lifelong leaders. Which is kind of the play on that, right? So uh, that's the play on it is we're encouraged to be lifelong learners, but people don't think about leadership like something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. But it, it truly is. And so if... Uh, if people are interested in engaging in a conversation about that with me, they can simply go to timmilburn.com. That's that's my business card right there timmilburn.com.
1: And there's so much information there. Like I said, I have stalked you for weeks. <laughs> Even though I know you, I've stalked you for weeks yeah. so we could do this interview today.
2: Oh, that's great. Thank you. I've, I've so enjoyed coming in and talking about it. Thanks for allowing me the opportunity to share.
1: We knew we would not have extra time (laughs) oh yeah yeah it's
2: it's we we can talk very easily we almost
1: have to have a timer when i come to your office yeah when you are there thanks for joining me today (laughs) folks that brings our time to an end this week we invite you back next week and i know i say this every time but next week we promise again to have another special guest someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration until next time
0: god bless this has been christian living spotlight an extension of christian living magazine where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867 Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.